Welcome to another episode of What They Aren't Telling You, my beloved podcast that I've been away from for a bit. But we are in a season of discussions about reliving COVID. Um, There have been discussions about mask mandates coming back, discussions about uh, lockdowns happening again, and definitely a lot of discussions about more vaccines. So that's one of the areas I want to talk about now is this new vaccine that they are coming out with in September, middle, middle September. So we're September 9th. I think it's due in about a week or two. And I'm going to break down about four different articles that talk about what's going on with the vaccine, what's going on with the public's opinion of the vaccine, how likely they are to take it, how protective, quote, protective this vaccine is going to be, and sort of the narrative that they are now spinning with it and how it compares to what we saw three years ago when this first happened. So when this first happened in 2020, um, you know, this was kind of unprecedented. We had not seen this before. And as we went through 2020, many of us were questioning things from the very beginning because something just didn't feel right about the information that we were given. It was very clear that the message from the media was one of fear and let's get people Uh, to sort of rely on us as a source of information so that we have these, you know, vulnerable and willing beings ready to do whatever it is that we decide, we being the government, decide is appropriate for this emergency. And again, in 2020, there was a lot of hysteria surrounding COVID, especially March and April what we saw in Italy, what we saw in New York, uh, originally the China um, footage that was, you know, showing people just falling dead in the streets. And early 2020 was, again, unprecedented in the way that they, the way that they presented what was coming, what was happening and what was the situation. So, so many people I don't want to say fell for it. Um, I know a lot of us think that it's so many people were naive in their following of this information so blindly. They were so blindly following what the government was saying because they were fearful. And this is exactly the state you need to be in to push away your ability to think critically and to think rationally as it relates to looking at the information, uh, when you're in a state of fear, you are incapable of really deciphering information and making a calm and rational decision with your action steps. People were overwhelmed. It's a lot of information. If you're not used to looking at 
uh, peer-reviewed medical literature or searching for literature or uh, knowing where to find information, this is not an easy task. So what do you do when it's unknown? You sort of delegate and you push off your researching skills and you just assume that somebody else is going to give you this information and that the information is going to be accurate. So this is kind of what happened across the board. And even with people who were, you know, more independent thinkers, because this was so unprecedented, people got themselves caught up in a place of, well, I'm just going to believe this is what's going on. And Dr. Bob Sears and I have um, a new video series where we are talking all about COVID and kind of what happened through that period of time. And it's so worth checking out. It's on the vaccineconversation.com. We have five or six series now. And the first one's completely free. Several different videos you can check out. And it's super reasonable to do the subscription to get the other series. But um, we just released that one about COVID a few months ago because this discussion about what happened in 2020, it's not like, oh, well, it's over. So we don't have to talk about it anymore. We do have to talk about it and we have to talk about it. And my, and my belief on this was in 2021, 2022, let's talk about this because we have to prevent it from happening again. And, you know, many people kind of thought, oh, this is never going to happen again. But all of the sudden, here we are and we're hearing all of the stuff again. Uh, rumblings of lockdown, rumblings of mask mandates and... Um, for many of us, we're thinking, you know, people learned. People will not put up with this again. But it's enough to be found in uh, dozens and dozens of news articles about um, the new vaccine and, and what, you know, how the public is going to accept this and what to be worried about. And all the same language is coming back. So I'm going to break down these articles over a series of a few different episodes on the podcast, but I might just go into it all right here. Yes, exactly. Comment on there. Until we say no, it continues. And it will continue as long as people allow this to happen. Again, at the beginning, it was, I want to say, a little more innocent time. People were like, oh, some this is new. Uh, this is dangerous. I'm just going to participate in the mitigation efforts because I'm going to do my part. And um, I want to make sure I can help this go away and et cetera. But over time, we started to, to understand that the information they were telling us kept changing. And when information changes, you no longer have a consensus. But the reality is back in 2020, there wasn't a consensus either. That is why I got involved in sharing information in the first place and why What They Aren't Telling You podcast was even born. I was concerned that there were people in the medical community that did not agree with the direction that the government was going and many governments were going. And whenever I don't see consensus, it's really easy to say, okay, well, what's the other side of this then? And who stands to gain if the other side of this is not shared? That's the question you always have to ask is, who's making money off of this? Who is benefiting 
from this information? Who benefits from us being in a state of fear? Who benefits from us being willing to shut down our businesses and stay in our homes and keep kids out of school? Um, Who benefits from us all taking the vaccine? Who benefits from us being willing to follow these ridiculous restrictions that they had for two years time, by the way, not two weeks, two years time did we have moving mask mandates, rules about where you can eat in a restaurant, when you have to wear the mask to get to the restaurant, but if you're sitting down at the restaurant, you can take it off. And as long as the restaurant is outside but covered, it's okay, even though that was sort of inside outside. These restrictions were ridiculous, yet so many people followed them. It was like, well, this is what we have to do. And the problem with that is, uh, the obvious problem with that is, you're allowing control over your life where it's not warranted. But the underlying other problem is, is people are just asleep at the wheel. They're going through life like, I guess we just have to do this. And the reality is they can't make anybody do anything unless enough people say, okay, enough people have to go, well, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to. And as soon as they get that, that's all that they need. And they move on with that and build upon that and build upon that. And it's not that everybody necessarily agreed with all this, but so many were willing to go along with it, even though they don't agree. And that is scary. Being willing to do things you don't agree with because you sort of think that either everybody's doing it, you don't have an option, um, it's just what's required, whatever. That is taking away your power, is completely removing your ability to align your actions with your value system, to align your actions with your beliefs. That misalignment causes a lot of problems. It causes internal conflict. And on a society level, it is not an accurate demonstration of how people feel about a particular topic. Yet those in charge took that compliance as a sign that people agreed this was that serious that they were willing to go along with these things that had never happened before. So it is really important to talk about this kind of stuff and analyze and dissect it after the fact because we will see patterns in human behavior. We will see patterns in regulatory action. We are going to see patterns in what happens as long as we go along with it, they will keep trying. And I know many of us and many people that follow me were like, listen, I was not about this right from the very beginning. And and I would venture to say that that is 
a relatively small percentage of the population. I think the largest portion of the population was like, mm, I'm not sure about this. But again, they ended up wearing the mask. They ended up, um, you know, doing the, the different rules that were in place. And um, they kind of just accepted this as the reality. Well, that's the portion, that was enough of the portion of the population to allow it to happen. And again, remember, just remember what we were promised in March 2020. I just have to reinstate what we were promised. We were promised two weeks. Two weeks would have put us into April 2020. We are now in September 2023. And this conversation is still happening. You guys, think about the implications of that. 14 days to three and a half years. Think about how sad that is that we were given this bait and switch. If you just do this, we will, we will let you go back to work. We will let you out of your house. If you just do this, just this little bit right here, okay? Just a little bit. And everybody's like, mm, that's reasonable, two weeks. We're gonna extend it a little longer, a little longer. Then it just was like, oh, you can come out of your house, but you can't go here, here, and here. You can't get this, this, and this. You have to wear this, this, and this, and you have to take this, this, and this. So it became one of these things that was like, as I say, the moving goalpost. And it kept everybody hanging on, what do I have to do to just get my freedom back? And they're like, oh, not yet, not yet just a little more. And I recently posted about that college in Atlanta where they reinstated the mask mandate for a college that requires full vaccination to attend. No parties, no gatherings. Everybody needs to stay um, socially distanced plus masks. And they already got the vaccine. It's like, please do all this for me and I'm going to give you it back. You're going to get your life back. Oh, but not yet. Oh, but we just need you to do this. And they said specifically in that um, the article, the, the president of that college said, we need your cooperation in this to avoid another pandemic. These people already got vaccinated, either one or two doses. Many of them got the booster shot. They're telling them in their first month of going to college, many of these people, their first time going freshman year, there are no gatherings, there are no parties. You can't get together with people and you need to stay six feet apart when you're on campus. And if you do all those things, you can prevent another pandemic. Like imagine the level of emotional pressure that you are subconsciously placing on somebody. Think about that subconscious emotional burden that we keep hearing with this language. It's like the do your part, right? You don't, you want to make sure you keep grandma safe. You want to make sure we don't start another pandemic. Another pandemic can happen and it can be your fault. 
You wouldn't want that on your conscience, right? It's like it's so mentally manipulative because people already jumped through so many hoops to get to that point. Think of all the times people couldn't travel. They couldn't go out to places and go, you know, be a customer in a store or a restaurant or whatever. They changed their lifestyle for these government entities. Kind of like this little child, like, are you happy with me now? And that parent figure, the authority figure, is going, it's not good enough. What you're giving me is not good enough. You need to do more. And then maybe after you do this, then maybe. I mean, it's a type of abuse when you think about it. It's a type of emotional abuse. It's very manipulative. We're all here on pins and needles waiting to see what we're going to be allowed to do so that we can have lives that look like the lives we had prior to 2020. And it's kind of like this promise that is lingering out there somewhere. And yet all of a sudden, you know, August and September rolls around in this year. And the fact that they could even mention the word lockdown, mention the idea of mask mandates and not just mention it, but require them in certain places already. Now, when I was researching that Morris College situation, there are still over 100 colleges in the United States, 100 campuses that require COVID vaccines to attend. Over 100. Over 100 colleges are still requiring that, even after all the data came out saying it doesn't prevent the spread or transmission. It doesn't stop you from getting it. And as we're going to talk about today, it doesn't actually work anymore. Not that it really ever did. So this is not something from the past. Like a lot of these changes that they made during 2021, 2022 are still in effect right now. And they're trying to add to some of this stuff still. And I know, you know, many of you who are, um, you know, going, listen, I'm not participating in this BS, which, of course, I feel the same way. It's not just about what our individual lives are doing, right? This is a conversation we have to be comfortable having and we have to be confident about having it because we have to remind people who are in situations where they were in that middle group, we have to remind them, you can't do it this time. You've already been shown the truth and you can't do it this time. We already know that we're not doing it. But let's look at a portion of the middle there, the big chunk that sort of allowed this to kind of go so long. And it's really shocking to think about the fact that this has been three and a half years. It is to me, right? It's like you kind of, at the time, I remember thinking this is never going to end. And that was back in 2020. And then you're thinking, oh, finally, like people are getting it now. They get that this stuff doesn't work. They get that masks don't work. They get that the vaccine's not stopping anything. And they're going to catch on. And what I'm concerned with is when I see this many articles talking about this stuff, what concerns me is they're writing about stuff 
as if it will be accepted, which means they have some level of a pulse on the population to know what current thoughts are, you know, social thoughts on all of this. And they're confident enough to be able to go down this path. So think about that. Like, what do they know? What do they know about people? They're, they're out there polling people. In the next article, I'm going to talk about a survey they did. They're actually polling people about how likely are you to get the annual COVID vaccine, the new annual COVID vaccine. And in that, we're going to also talk about how this whole conversation has changed. Okay, so the first article right here is called What to Know About EG5. This is the new variant that they have nicknamed Eris, E-R-I-S, Eris, Eris, I don't know how to say it, but it is um, a Greek name, and this is an interesting meaning behind this name, which I'll tell you in a second. So this is um, from Yale Medicine, this article. This is August 18th of this year. And there is an interview here with a Yale medicine expert to explain whether or not this new strain EG5 is more transmissible or severe than the other Omicron subvariants. And it's going to talk a little bit about whether or not the vaccine's going to work, who's going to take it, etc. So, this is a Yale medicine expert. All right. Now they're talking about the mutations of the Omicron strain that is now becoming uh, subvariants. But there's a lot of contradiction in what they are saying. Now, first and foremost, if you have known me prior to COVID and seen my discussion on the regular childhood vaccine schedule and discussions on the flu shot, you're going to start recognizing some very similar language. You're going to start seeing the same type of PR campaign that they had used for years with the flu shot. Now they're using it with COVID. And I want to point this out because for all of those of you who were really paying attention back in March, probably through the first, I'd say the first full year of this, don't you remember how many times they discarded any connection to the flu? Remember how many doctors were saying, this is, you know, likely it's a, from the coronavirus family. These mutate often. This is likely going to be like a flu. Comes around every year. Your body gets it. You develop some level of immunity, etc. And that the vaccine will never really work because the vaccine for prior coronavirus, any vaccine for prior coronavirus has never been effective. In addition to the fact that these mutating viruses like the flu shot never seem to pinpoint the uh, mutation or the variation in time. So they end up being extremely ineffective. So this is what we know about the flu shot. And Dr. Bob and I have done lots of episodes on this on the vaccine conversation. Uh, that podcast is on Apple or iTunes if you are a podcast person. If you've listened to that other podcast with Dr. Bob and I, then these discussions on the flu shot, we've gone into great depth because there was a lot there to discuss um, with their whole PR campaign and the way that they manipulate their data to get people to comply and how hard they push people to take that vaccine, whether or not it's working, whether or not it stops the spread. And we know both of those things are, are not true for, for the flu shot and they never have been. So early on, many, many doctors were saying, 
This is pretty much akin to a strong flu. And man, people went crazy on that. People went crazy on that. They were like, this is nothing like the flu. This is so much more fatal. This is so deadly. This is going to be something totally different. And how dare you minimize it by, by comparing it to the flu? Do you guys remember those discussions? Do you remember in 2020 and 2021 how everybody pushed away making a comparison between the flu and COVID? Because you're going to hear in this article directly from the mouth of the Yale medical expert that this is pretty much just like the flu. And we knew that, right? We knew that at the beginning of all this. But nobody would let us say that. No, this is totally different. This is not the same. Now, miraculously, this is the same. It's as if we already knew it. It's shocking. So they have named this new subvariant, Eris, E-R-I-S, Listen to this. It is nicknamed after the Greek goddess of strife and discord. Why would you pick a name that represents strife? Okay, strife, struggle, difficulty, and discord. That's when everything's in chaos. Things are not moving in a peaceful, calm way. They named a variant that. They didn't have to. It's almost like, it's almost like they were hopeful that there's a chance this could bring that because they need that, don't they? They need strife and discord and chaos and difficulty and they need people to be afraid. They cannot take action. They cannot rule our lives and make regulations for our lives unless we are afraid enough to say, okay, yes, please. They literally named this variant. I mean, like that is so trippy to me. If anything, let's pick something maybe mild, right? So we can kind of calm the public down and make them realize this is not going to be so bad. We're going to get through it. We're okay. But that's not what they chose. And obviously there was a group of people in a room somewhere making this decision. And they all signed off on this. Yes. Great. Strife and discord. Perfect. That's what we need. We are setting a tone. You guys have to pay attention to language. Language in news broadcasts, language in this written version of news broadcast. You have to pay attention to the way they present things because none of it is by accident. It is all by design. And the reason you have to pay attention to that is they are choosing these things to motivate and manipulate your behavior and your beliefs about this circumstance. Now, some people might be like, no way. No, it's not that deep. It is that deep. Every single thing is by design. So even simple language of how they name a subvariant 
it gives you a hint of what they're expecting, what they want, or what they want you to feel at least about it. Part two coming next.